0: Hello and welcome to The Literature Podcast, A Novel Review. My name is Seamus, your host, and together we will discuss, dissect, and explore the wonderful world of literature. And the wonderful world of literature is a vast and dense jungle. So let's start making our way through, one book at a time. Hello, good day, and welcome to the beginning of another episode of A Novel Review a podcast exploring the wonderful world of literature. My name is Seamus and I am your host, and for today's episode, The Gulag. Yes, today I will be exploring A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. But before I jump into this book, I always take a moment to reflect on any mantelpiece moments, something to highlight from the week past, and, uh, well, this week, I'm going to be honest, it's been a bit of a quiet week for me. I didn't do anything outrageously artistic, outside of the norm, but what I did do, because I, I still wanted to touch on this segment, of course, is I watched the film The Kingsman, which is the third film in sort of the Kingsman franchise, but it's the prequel to the first two films with Taron, uh, what's his name, Taron Egerton, Egerton. And the film takes place and explores sort of the rise of World War One and, and the surrounding years. And I got to say, in this film, they have the character of Rasputin played really quite well by Reese Ifans who, side note, you might also know as Otto Hightower from HBO's Game, uh, not Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. But I thought I'd just sort of, given that today I'm exploring a bit of Russian work, I thought I'd just highlight this, because he plays Rasputin, and he plays him really frighteningly well. And it just suddenly, it, it, it spurned me to go on and look and see, and I realized that there's not much out there. But what I'm trying to say is, there is an opportunity here, a film, a TV series, begging, waiting to be made about Rasputin himself. He was such a curiously interesting character shrouded in darkness and mysticism, and basically I think it would be such a fas- he would be such a fascinating subject for this sort of slow burner show about his political manoeuvring in the Russian court, so I dunno, I just wanted to say, any filmmakers out there, please get on it. Housekeeping as always, all the scripts from the episode are available on my website, just in case you know of anyone who has a hearing impairment who might get a kick out of a written version of the pod, so head along, they're all free for all, they're all free for use for everyone to enjoy. Now on with the episode, a cold, dark, bleak novel for us today, let's not waste any time because there are no spare minutes in this novel, let's get straight into it. I think a little overview and background is needed so that, we can, so that we are all across the harrowing detail of the novel, but also the context of the writer and his own experiences. The novel is set during the Soviet Union in the 1950s. A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisevich unveils the gruelling realities faced by political prisoners. Solzhenitsyn himself, a survivor of the Gulag, draws upon his personal experiences to create an authentic and gripping narrative that exposes the inhumanity of the regime through the eyes of the eponymous protagonist Ivan Denisovich Shukov we witness the relentless hardships and constant surveillance and the crushing weight of the oppression endured by these prisoners and that is kind of it it's you know as the title suggests of the novel a day in the life of what happens and each day is a microcosm of life each each one a fresh struggle and each one a chance to highlight the fleeting beauty of humanity Now I have spoken a bit in previous episodes about freedom and what that means. And it's an interesting discussion, what freedom means to you. And I mean, please, if you have any thoughts on that, please, you know, feel free to let me know. (laughs) Oh God, we do have fun over here. Uh, But I do believe there are intrinsic limitations to us that we have to recognize and, and almost consign to, and that might sound cynical, but i think it can also be liberating and that's because i think it is both cynical and liberating there was this article i read uh, oh god i don't know Ye- who knows how long ago, i'm going to say you know a couple of weeks but it could be months could be years and it was this it, it was a it was an article about financial freedom and how people shouldn't strive for it if you can't afford to travel overseas and can only afford local then you should just accept that because the theory is that you will be happier by not placing the stress of wanting to get out and thereby working harder to go on holiday to therefore relax from working so much. And you would also be happier because then you might notice more of where you're from, etc. 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 There was a million reasons. And it is curious because on one hand, it might be true, people might be happier if they didn't strive for so much. But on the other hand, people should have the opportunity at liberation from a life they aren't happy with. Whatever form that takes, you know, it might be money, location, education, etc. It, it, you know, it's their choice. And so I think there is this, this kind of fine line between limitation and acceptance. And look, I'm not making, I'm like, yeah, I'm not making a comment one way or the other. I think ultimately that those kind of decisions are up to the individual to decide, which is the best thing you can give someone, the opportunity to achieve the life that they want. But, and maybe it's been a long example, that to me is what this novel is about understanding the limitations of your life and then finding the freedoms you can take from within those limitations. For a book like this, it's pretty straightforward, the limitations. He is in prison, and that, well, that is limiting enough. But I think the sharp, clarifying moments of beauty come from the small freedoms, the small successes in his life. His acceptance to the general fate of his life, that being in prison, but his mental strength and resolve to strive for something within that limitation is the endeavor of the human spirit. And don't get me wrong, it's this is a bleak book, a very gray. It's very cold. It's very wet. It's dark. It is relatively short. It's only about 150 pages. And honestly, that was enough of an insight into the experience of what a gulag is and that world that it. You know, it just told me that I didn't need to read any more. But that is not to say that the writing is not bad or anything like that. It was just one of those stories that I was like, oh God, I feel like I'm in prison. Now, despite the dehumanizing conditions, Ivan finds solace in the simplest of pleasures. And this is kind of one of those, those really nice passages to read. It's, it's because it sort of, it gives you hope for your own life. And it's this warm bowl of soup as evidenced through this quote. The only good thing about stew was that it was hot, but Shukov's portion had grown quite cold. However, he ate it with the usual slow concentration. No need to hurry, not even for a house on fire. Apart from sleep, the only other time a prisoner lives for himself is ten minutes in the morning at breakfast, five minutes over dinner, and five at supper." Now this is its a very short passage, and he then goes on to describe the quality and the variety of the stews, but it's this initial thought to mental freedom and ownership that is extended to those who take it. It's. It's a sobering thought, but it's also quite a humbling one, one of perspective and privilege. I mean, how many of us breeze through meals without attention, our eyes upon the phone or the TV screen? And look, it's a tough one because basic food and water and the opportunity to feel free should not be limited to 20 minutes. So it is an extreme example, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't grow numb to something like being thankful for food, freedom and time. Even listening to this podcast is an indulgence, and one that I am very glad you're indulging in, of course. Do not get me wrong on that. It's more it's just one of those harrowing reality slaps to the face that make you go, oh yeah, some people aren't just suffering because suffering almost doesn't seem to do it justice for what is, you know, a debasement of humanity. And look, I've sort of gone on this little rant which might paint a bleak picture, and fair enough, but I think this crack of humanity, these threadbare 20 minutes a day that Avan has To feel free with his hot soup and a mind of fantasy and dreams is just wide enough to let the light of humanity shine through just enough to keep the ship headed on true north. Moreover, A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich delves into the theme of individuality and the loss of identity in a totalitarian system. The prisoners are reduced to mere numbers, stripped of their names and treated as faceless entities. Solzhenitsyn emphasises the dehumanising effect of such oppression Highlighting the importance of maintaining one's identity and dignity, even in the direst circumstances. Ivan Denisovich, despite the symptomatic attempts to break him, clings fiercely to his individuality, refusing to surrender his humanity. And so the novel serves as a scathing critique of the Soviet regime and its totalitarianism. Solzhenitsyn exposes the arbitrary nature of the system, where individuals are subjected to imprisonment without due process of fair trial. The oppressive machinery embodied by the camp guards and the administrators is depicted as soulless and indifferent to the suffering it inflicts. Solzhenitsyn's work stands as a powerful indictment to the injustice and cruelty inherent in such systems of governance. But another sort of wonderfully compelling aspect of Solzhenitsyn's narrative is his depiction of the intricate social dynamic within this sort of camp, within this prison camp. He presents a microcosm of society where alliances, rivalries, and power struggles emerge, and each character represents a different facet of human nature. The opportunistic, the resigned, the idealistic, the disillusioned. Through these diverse characters, Solzhenitsyn explores the complexities of human behaviour and the impact of extreme circumstance on individual morality. All in all, I found the novel quite moving. No matter how stuck you are, no matter how... Oppressed, imprisoned, stripped, debased you are. There is beauty to be found. There are moments to seize, a history to guide you and a future to aim for. A testament to one man's refusal to give up to the boot of totalitarianism that was pressed against his face. Alexander Solzhenitsyn's A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. So, what would I rate this novel out of five? It's, It's a tough read. It's an inspiring read. 150 pages was enough time to spend in the gulag, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't read this book. 4.2 out of 5 for a book that really should be read by all. So, what am I reading this week? This week I am reading A Wrinkle in Time by Madeleine Longuel. My goodness, what a book so far. I can't remember why or where or when I heard about it, but one day it just sort of seemed to appear on my Kindle, so I started reading it, and and only after did I go suss it out online. They say it's young adult fiction, which is like fair, fair enough. Some of the themes are perhaps, without sounding snobby, a bit more simplified, but the characters are so wonderful. They're meant to be children and yet they seem to speak and behave and have the rational thought processes of adults, which kind of gives the whole text this really comical feeling and, uh, like, I'm simply loving it. It's, it's nice. It, the pacing is good, the story isn't long, the characters are fun, so, I don't know, I'm having a good week on the book front. That's what I'm reading. Now, before I close out the show, if you've listened this far, please consider hitting those five stars. I would really appreciate it. Also, feel free to head along to the website and support the pod. And of course, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for your attention. So I think it's time to end this episode. And today to take us away, I think, a bit of Fyodor Dostoyevsky to round out this very, very Russian episode. And he writes, Above all, don't lie to yourself. The man who lies to himself and listens to his own lie comes to a point that he cannot distinguish the truth within him or around him, and so he loses all respect for himself and for others, and having no respect, he ceases to love.